Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome in. Hope you had a great weekend. I had an outstanding weekend. I did a very small amount of work and a very large amount of time hanging out with my family and watching basketball. So that sounds uh, about as good as it gets. Feeling refreshed, feeling good. Did hot yoga today. Uh, drink some new caffeine. So who knows? This, sh- this show could get crazy. Uh, we are coming to you live on 1029 ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. But not today. Most of the time, SWX. You can always find us, though, every single day on the ESPN MT app. We're not on SWX Montana Television today because uh, Grizz Softball, their home debut, uh, that snuck up on us. The Grizz, uh, to say they've taken their lumps on the softball diamond this year, that would be an understatement. Uh, I believe they lost their first 20, if not their first 21 games uh, they have been on a bit of a hot streak lately to get to 3-23, and 23, but they've played 26 games without playing a game here in Missoula. I don't know if you noticed, but this has been the longest winter uh, in, a little, in a little while. Maybe not ever, but certainly uh, one of the longer winters I can remember over the last 10 or so years. And uh, so Montana's been playing uh, in warmer weather. They've been playing a pretty high level of competition, but uh, either way, that's what's going on on SWX today. Um, we... Have a ton of stuff to get to today, though. As of Friday night, basketball officially in uh, the haze in the barn, as uh, old football coach would say. Basketball season is officially over. Montana State was the last team playing, and they lost 77-65 uh, to Kansas State in the first round of the NCAA men's basketball tournament on Friday night. 
Andrew Houghton was on hand, and uh, he's back. Got just got back from Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, so happy to have you back, man. Thanks for uh, the coverage while you're away, and uh, thanks for being here today. Uh, so we'll go through all that stuff. We because this is a, this is what's great. That's why I wanted to make sure somebody was there. You get access to all the NCAA media stuff uh, when you actually are on hand, and it, it might not seem like that impactful to the the audience, but to the worker, it's it's huge. Like they transcribe the entire press conference for you. Boom, it's ready, lickety split. The uh, press conference audio is so good, so you can actually hear the questions, which is always a huge complaint. And uh, so it's just fun uh, to have the quality that the NCAA tournament does provide. So we have some feedback, some thoughts, some sound bites from Montana State head coach Danny Sprinkle, uh, point guard Darius Brown, and uh, wingman Raekwon Battle. All three of those guys are attached for a variety of different reasons, and if they also choose, could all be back at Montana State next year. So what sort of strides do the Cats make? Uh, What did it mean for the league? I also have my top ten storylines from around the world of basketball in Montana. Uh, Now that basketball is in the books. We had several teams that were carrying the season on uh, for an extra week. I actually just saw uh, Kurt Paulson, the head coach of the Carroll College men's basketball team. Just He was just in Missoula. I was getting some lunch. He was there. So I talked to him a little bit. We talked to some Frontier Conference hoops. And the Montana Tech, uh, an all-time great season, to be sure. Uh, the Ore Diggers, the men's basketball program, won 29 games, advanced to the Elite Eight of the NAIA National Tournament. So they were the second-to-last team playing. The Montana Western women were actually the last team playing. They they were also in the Elite Eight of the NAIA National Tournament. So uh, with those three teams losing basketball season officially over, so we'll take you through uh, our top ten countdown. Some of our favorite storylines from around uh, the state of Montana in hoops this uh, last season. We'll also discuss just what Montana State's effort means for uh, the Big Sky Conference. Uh, that's two strong efforts in the first round of the tournament in the last three years with sandwiched around Montana State's disappointing effort last year against Texas Tech. So um, where are we at with the league? I think also there was a, a fair amount of optimism that Sacramento State would show well on the women's side. They were a 13 seed, which is a better draw than Montana State basically getting the last seed in the field last year, having to play top-seeded Stanford. Uh, but when the dust settled, Sac State also took it on the chin Clay Dean, the big sky, uh, regular season and tournament MVP. She did not look great. A uh, lot of pressure on her from UCLA's super big and athletic uh, front line. So where are we at with the women's league and where it fits into the national picture? We'll discuss that here uh, in hour number one as part of the Montana Basketball Hour. Hour number two, Andrew will get us caught up on the details of his trip. That's the other fun part is you know, go there to cover the big sky representative. Uh, he was on hand to cover Montana State against Kansas State. But he also got a whole day of hoops, so he got to uh, be a junkie there on Friday watching four games throughout that day and then get, got to watch two more yesterday. So we'll take you through uh, all of them. Some of the best games, I mean, I thought Xavier, Kennesaw State was one of the best first-round games, and then I thought Xavier looked pretty darn dangerous and looked like absolutely a contender yesterday in just dissecting Pittsburgh. I thought I was high on Pitt, man. I had, I had a little money sprinkled on Pitt, and uh, not so much. But that's not one where you're that frustrated. There's plenty of frustrating losses that have happened from a betting perspective in this NCAA tournament. I can't believe it. A missed windmill dunk at the end of the game to not cover, or you roll the ball up and you shoot a 30-footer at the buzzer when the game is already in hand to blow the cover? (laughs) TCU and FAU taking money straight out of all of our pockets. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, in hour number two as well. And then I also... 
I just started nerding out, I, and I don't want to sound like uh, I'm, I'm being a hater on some of this stuff, but I just think it's funny that this year, the Sweet 16, sort of the, the national narrative, the omnipresent narrative, the narrative that everybody wants is we always want to say it's the craziest tournament ever. You know, we always want to look at each other and, ah, oh, shucks, man, your bracket's busted too. Everybody's bracket's busted because you had one of the one seeds that doesn't have a coach in Kansas get upset early. That's not that surprising when you really think about it. You have another uh, number one seed who hasn't won a first-round game in years in Purdue. That's also not that surprising. Uh, it is surprising that Purdue went down to a 16 seed, to be sure. But even though there's you know a 7 seed Michigan State, an 8 seed in Arkansas, a 9 seed in FAU in the, uh, the Sweet 16, don't get it twisted. There's only really one true Cinderella, maybe two if you consider FAU in the Sweet 16, uh, but one true Cinderella, one true underdog, and that's Princeton. Everybody else is top 90 spenders in college basketball. I went through all the budgets, and uh, so we'll break it down. It's funny because it doesn't. you don't want it to be all about money. You don't want anything to be all about money. And I'm not saying that March Madness is all about money, but it's a lot about money. And if you have a lot of money and you spend a lot of money and you make a lot of money, you're going to have an opportunity uh, in the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. So we'll go through uh, just where each of the Sweet 16 teams rank in terms of overall spending in men's Division I college basketball. And uh, we'll just keep having a grand old time. That's your show, Alec. Here on Nuanas Now, you want to be a part of the show, you always can. Call us, text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Uh, all guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. And if you want to stream the show outside of the ESPN MT app, you always can use our station website as well, 1029ESPN.com. Uh, Grizz. Get out of a little bit of a jam. Carroll got a few runners on, and then uh, Grizz, uh, was that a double play? It, looked, it was It was some sort of uh, infield out that looked like a pretty nice play. I only saw it out of the corner of my eye before they went to commercial. But 0-0, uh, Carroll College in town against the University of Montana. That's what's on SWX Montana television uh, here today. Um, I've been... I, I tried to spend some time outside today, and I've been trying to do a bunch of walking. My back's been killing me, but I think I got it figured out. Went to some yoga this morning, so that always helps. But it's the, it's the long walks that uh, really help loosen you up. And it's just so much easier in Montana when you can do it outside. Like, I love going outside and going for long walks. That's just brutal or miserable or just not that appealing, you know, when it's 17 degrees and snowy. So hopefully sunnier days, warmer days are here to stay. But the other thing I've been doing when I do go for my walks, whether it's outside or inside, I've been listening to some audio books. And uh, it's crazy, this the stuff that's out there. I try to read real books too, but um, you know, I probably listen to 10, 12, 15 audio books a year as well. And there's some really good ones out there. Right now I'm reading uh, actually, a reread. I hadn't read it in a while. Uh, I just couldn't remember. I couldn't believe how outrageous I thought it was when I first read it. But I also thought to myself I didn't remember it very well. So I decided to listen to it on audiobook. It's Boys Will Be Boys by Jeff Perlman. It's all about the early 1990s Dallas Cowboys. 99% of the stuff that's good nuggets out of the book, I can't even spoil it for you because I can't even talk about it on the radio because these guys are so out of control. They're so outrageous. The things they're doing on their planes and their hotel rooms, the private houses that they have for house parties. I mean, it's a totally different time, man. I, I really, 
as for as rich and famous and fabulous as you can become as a professional athlete, now I really don't think guys are partying like that. I just don't think you could get away with it because there's just so much exposure at every corner. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'm naive to it all, but like LeBron James is not throwing down and, and partying like Michael Irvin. There's just no way. It's it's uh, it's just not happening. So uh, that's a good one. The, the book I'm actually reading, like the physical book, is a, a Wilt Chamberlain biography by uh, Robert Cherry. Actually came out about 20 years ago. 2004 is the copyright. And uh, what a fascinating character. I mean, I, it's funny. That's why we continue to do these history lessons uh, from my 100 Greatest Sports Heroes book. Because legends, no matter how great the legend is, it, they fade. They certainly do. As, unless they like stay omnipresent. Like of that era of guys... Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Bill Russell are all still very relevant, still very much talked about. But when you really read it, you really read Will Chamberlain's career, I mean, it's it's just insane. In the, the, the regular season where he averaged 50 points per game, the year that also included his famed 100-point game, he played 48.5 minutes per contest. There's only 48 minutes in an in a NBA game. He played in seven different overtime games as well. The only time Wilt Chamberlain did not play during that season, he did not come out of a game, period. All 81 and a half games he played in. But he got ejected from a game and missed like the last 18 minutes of the game. Otherwise, he would have averaged more than 49 minutes per game. Talk about unbreakable records. I really don't think anybody's averaging 50 points a game again. But that's going to happen before somebody plays every minute of the entire season. That's just so ridiculous, especially for a guy that's, you know. And that's the other part about Wilt Chamberlain's legend is there's no real, like, true, accurate measurements of how big he really was. He always wanted to be listed at 7'1 because he didn't want to be some sort of a freak. But you look at these pictures, and he's like two, three inches taller than even his peers, like Bill Wal- uh, Bill uh, Russell and, and Willis Reed. And, I mean, he's just towering over these guys. So, I mean, a giant among giants, I think that uh, sometimes when we discuss the GOAT, we get kind of just stuck on guys of the of the recent era, the modern era. You know, I always heard the, the narrative, too, about Will Chamberlain. Oh, he's just playing against a bunch of suburban dads. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, he was playing exactly the same time as Bill Russell. He played against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when, when he was still Lou Alcindor and early on in the league. Willis Reed, you ever heard of him? Yeah, he was a multiple-time uh, All-Star and a Hall of Famer with the New York Knicks. So, you know, I mean, Nate Thurman and Artis Gilmore. I mean, there's so many guys that played in the NBA about the same time as uh, Will Chamberlain. It wasn't just your, you know your next-door neighbor's dad. There were some pretty good players playing back then, and he was still just dominating uh, everybody. I digress. Uh, Last thing from the national world that I wanted to uh, rip on just for a second before we get into all things uh, basketball in the state of Montana in our uh, what will probably be, well, this is certainly our final Montana basketball hour uh, of the calendar year, although we'll keep talking basketball during this, you know, sort of sports hour that we do here for the first hour of each Monday. Uh, Montana Basketball Hour, by the way, is presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications has been serving Montana homes for more than six decades, providing communities with new and better ways to communicate in and connect to an ever-changing world. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right services for your business, visit goblackfoot.com. Roger Goodell is about to get a huge extension. Um, This is significant for several reasons. First of all, 
Um, the NFL has seen yet again record-setting, uh, astounding, and sometimes it seems limitless growth uh, since Goodell took over as commissioner in 2006 in uh, a landscape of sports that had all sorts of ebbs and flows and so many different um, landmines and, and obstacles. The NFL never quit growing. I mean, even during the whole pandemic, all the sports were getting rescheduled and canceled or whatever. The NFL missed no games. The, the NFL just kept on rolling. The machine that the NFL is is crazy. They're to the point now where they lead the news cycle no matter what happens. And even if it's horrible news, it doesn't matter because it still elevates their brand over everybody else's constantly, constantly, constantly. And I know that people think that Goodell is sort of a, a surly and, and sometimes unpalatable character and that you know he's smug and sort of personifies the greed of the NFL. All of that's true. And you can think whatever you want about Roger Goodell. By the way, the Grizz just smacked a two-run home run in the bottom of the first. So Montana softball, their home debut on SWX Montana television. They're up 2-0. Um, I, I guess it's just funny because there seems to be this, like, unbelievable hatred for Roger Goodell, like almost omnipresent, almost unequivocal. Almost every NFL person you could talk to seems to not like this guy. And I think that people have a fundamental misunderstanding of what Roger Goodell does. Like, what is his job? He does not work for the public. He does not work for the fans. None of that matters. He works for the 32 owners of the NFL. That's it. If the league is continuing to just explode in growth and profit, sounds like he's doing his job. (laughs) You know, you don't have to like him. You know, you don't have to like any of it. You don't have to like... The face that he provides for the league, you don't have to, you don't have to like any of it. Uh, he's absolutely doing his job at uh, at an unbelievably high level. We'll come back to some more NFL stuff later on this week. Oh, by the way, I forgot, if you're watching on the ESPN MT app, I was talking about Will Chamberlain partly because I was so still proud of my Rick Barry jersey. Thanks to Zootown Sports Cards for uh, the sweet hookup and for uh, providing a bunch of great prizes here uh, for... Our bracket challenge. We got our uh, second chance challenge. If your bracket's busted, have no fear. Go search ESPN MT 2023 bracket challenge second chance uh, in the second chance. All you got to do is go to ESPN.com, click on tournament challenge, and then you'll find your way to the second chance brackets. And then to enter your bracket, just one entry per person, ESPN MT 2023 bracket challenge, and you'll see it right there in the second chance uh, deal. We have three prizes for that, including uh, a first prize that... Uh, includes a $250 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash. So um, get your entries in for the Second Chance Challenge. The uh, Sweet 16 begins on Thursday. So the NCAA tournament uh, rolling right along. Montana State, that's the news of the weekend. They lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina on Friday night. Uh, Bobcats showed well, I thought. I thought they, they hung early, which is one of the main Challenges in these games, especially against Power 5 opponents like Kansas State. I thought Raekwon Battle uh, looked every bit like a Power 5 talent, and he was the top scorer in this game, 26 points uh, for the MSU Junior. And uh, I thought Montana State, uh, they, I thought Andrew put it, Andrew Houghton, our producer, I thought he put it in a great uh, way last week. He said, last week Montana State couldn't stay on the court with Texas Tech. They were just getting pushed off the floor. They couldn't move or operate whatsoever and they proved that they could be on the court. I thought that there was, you know, 
there's a handful of players on MSU that, that looked like they belonged against a team that was ranked as high as sixth in the country. But that loss, a 77-65 loss to K-State, it ends basketball season here in the state of Montana. This is always one of my favorite times of year. I uh, love hoops. I love so much getting back into high school hoops. I just love uh, the rich storylines. And so let's talk about it. some of those storylines. We'll go David Letterman style, our top 10 countdown from 10 to 1 of my favorite stories from around the wide world of hoops uh, here this last season. Number 10, I thought that it was awesome to follow so many of these awesome kids with Montana roots, many of whom were either glossed over or overlooked or straight up told they weren't good enough to play Division I basketball. I'm not comparing Division I to NAIA. I know it's a huge jump. I mean, it's a colossal jump. Being an NAIA, particularly men's basketball player, is is one of the most challenging paths that you can walk. But there's a lot of kids from Montana that either started at the Division I uh, programs in Montana and then found their way to the Frontier Conference or uh, that straight up just chose the Frontier Conference. And it was really fun watching a lot of those young people thrive. Montana Tech went to the Elite Eight of the uh, NAIA National Tournament. Their best player... Caleb Belich, a former uh, Class C star out of Manhattan Christian. It's just super cool uh, for him to start out at MSU, uh, then decide to walk in the footsteps of his father, go back to Tech. His father, Jeff, who had been a successful coach at Manhattan Christian, uh, he also follows back to his alma mater uh, to coach at Tech. McCandon Lawrence, who was a star here in Missoula at Big Sky and Hellgate. Krishan Dixon, who was a Billing Central star. It's just cool watching all those Montana kids play uh, for the Diggers. And it's the same dynamic that exists at Montana Western. They also made it to the Elite Eight in the NAIA and the women's side. I mean, Joel Moberg, uh, who started her career here in Missoula, uh, former Rocky Boy star, uh, found a new home at Western. She's she's playing great. Brindley Fitzgerald started her career with the Cats. Returned back to her hometown. You know, was co-frontier conference player of the year. The Carroll College women, Cameron Hillborn, started her career at Montana State. Jamie Pickens started her career here at Montana. Kendall Keller, former Gatorade Player of the Year out of Haver, started her career uh, at Montana. And they're all playing winning basketball. And, you know, even though it's not the bright spotlight you're going to get playing in the NCAA tournament or whatever, people in Montana care. I mean, I was watching these games on SWX, and I was streaming them. And I mean, because it's fun. You like to see the kids that you know playing in it. So the NAIA tournament, by the way, the NAIA tournament uh, came to a finish and the College of Idaho actually is the champion of the NAIA tournament. But there's a couple young men on the College of Idaho from uh, the state of Montana. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Drew Wyman, who was a really good player out of Great Falls and uh, almost, you know, he, he was recruited hard by Tech and Carroll and and the like, he ended up going to College of Idaho. And then Caden Handrin, who's out of Scobie, uh, was also on the College of Idaho. They're 35-1 and this year, uh, C of I was. And uh, they win their first national title since 1996. So um, thanks to one of our listeners, Dwayne, who's from up there in Plentywood. Appreciate all the information you always send me. And thanks for listening. Thanks for spreading the good word up there in northeastern Montana. Um, so it's just cool seeing all those kids find the right level and, and perform at a high level and, uh, you know, following them all the way to the national stage. Number nine of my storylines from around high school and college basketball that I really enjoyed this last winter. Uh, it was sort of 
the tail of dynasties for all the classifications in Montana besides Class AA, and then it was the tail of parity for Class AA in both boys and girls basketball. I thought it was really fun, especially following the West. Uh, there was a lot of jockeying for position, and we really didn't know who was the best in the West um, on bo- in boys or girls basketball in AA until it came all the way down to the wire. I was cool seeing both Hellgate and Big Sky make state, the state tournament on the boys' side out of the West, and it was also fun seeing all three Missoula girls' teams make it. And then when the dust settled, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be Hellgate and Billing Skyview on a collision course in girls' basketball, and that was actually the third-fourth place game because Kalispell was the one that came kind of out of nowhere uh, to take a, a state runner-up finish, and then Billings West, who had sort of up-and-down year, got back on the right side of things and surged to a uh, championship game win. But on, in double-A on the boys' side, I thought the story of Connor Dick, that's my number eight story, uh, is just the the kid from here in Missoula uh, sort of following in his family's footsteps. His dad, Ryan Dick, was one of the great players at Hellgate back in the 90s, that uh, 93 Hellgate team that beat Billings West in the state championship game here in Missoula, one of the most memorable state championship games ever. So 30 years later, for Connor Dick to do it like his dad did it and beat Billings West I also thought just the way that Connor Dick finished his uh, senior year is one of the great individual performances I've seen in a state tournament. Um, 28 points, 18 of them after halftime, and Hellgate wins their first boys title outright uh, in the last 10 years. Number seven, Nuwana's now, our uh, Montana basketball hour continues. Number seven, Big Fork, (laughs) they said... uh, Goodbye, Bon Voyage. See you later to Class B with an unbelievably dominant season. They ran roughshod through the classification. They'll be a contender instantly next year in Class A. Uh, the Gunlock sisters are certainly two of the best players in the state. The older one is, is certainly a Division I prospect already as only a sophomore. And so as, as Big Fork exits Class B and moves up to Class A, uh, a state title for the Valkyries is pretty darn impressive. My number six storyline that I really loved Haver, man. Haver girls basketball, they're just a machine. The Malta girls were like this in Class B for so long and uh, are still very competitive. But Haver's the, the the cream of the crop when it comes to top programs uh, in the state of Montana. They've won three straight and four out of the last five Class A state titles. Dustin Kraske, one of the best in the business. And uh, they got it done again. Not necessarily the most star-studded roster, uh, but a complete roster for sure. And uh, a, a lot of... Um, a lot of ways to beat you, and including just, just being a well-oiled machine like Haver High School is in girls' basketball. Number five, how about a Class C girl that can dunk? But she can't just dunk. She can play a little bit, too. Tegan Erickson's definitely one of the best players in the state. She's only a junior up there at Seiko Whitewater Hinsdale. It's North Country High School. Um, and they're the ones that cruised all the way to the Class C state championship. There was texts and rumors flying around out of the Class C tournament in Billings that uh, the refs were going to let her dunk because it's, it's still a penalty. Uh, it's some sort of a foul or something, a technical maybe, in classy girls' high school basketball to dunk in warm-ups. And so there was some scuttle going around. They're going to let her dunk in warm-ups. They're going to let her dunk. And uh, then they decided not to. But either way, the dunking aside, they're one of the better teams in the state as well, and uh, they raced to the state championship. They give about 30 points per game in their three-state championship game wins. So, uh, or state tournament uh, victories, excuse me. Number four on my top ten countdown, 
It's like the old Pat Riley saying goes, the only thing harder to do than win a championship in basketball is to repeat as champions, and Montana State did it, and they did it uh, during a banner year that also included Danny Sprinkle, just kept on checking those boxes. Back-to-back 20-win seasons for the first time in 30 years. NCAA tournament berths back-to-back years for the first time ever in program history. Uh, repeat as Big Sky Tournament champions and just the fourth time they ever won the Big Sky Tournament championship period. And well, the last box that Sprinkle hadn't checked, they swept the Grizz. And they snapped an 11-year losing streak here uh, in Missoula. More on the Bobcats in a minute, but that was uh, that was a stellar storyline for Montana basketball uh, this last year. Number three on my top ten countdown, from redemption to perfection. I thought uh, it was a great lead by Vic Flores uh, from 4-6 MT Sports. He basically said exactly that for the Lewistown boys. But uh, they lost on a walk-off buzzer beater in the Class A State Championship last year. And uh, they use it as fuel for their fire. And they go unbeaten in uh, hoops after uh, several crossover players, several athletes from that same class, went undefeated in football as well. So it's been a great year for Fergus County uh, Golden Eagles boys sports. But Lewistown, they go undefeated in Class A, their first Class A state championship since 1979. Number two on my top ten countdown, Scott Anderson finally gets his state title. He's been the head coach of Missoula Loyola for a quarter century. Uh, he was there forever, and then he stepped away for about a decade, and now he's back at Missoula Loyola. They race to their first ever Class B boys basketball championship. It's been a high school since the 1870s, so uh, historic to be sure. No question about it, and uh, I know Loyola fits a pretty unique place in Class B because you know they're a they're a private school in the heart of the second largest city in Montana, so they're very much different than the Three Forks and Manhattans and Deer Lodges and Anacondas that they play. Uh, yet it is still a great accomplishment for Loyola and particularly for Scott Anderson, who's uh, got a great story himself. So uh, congratulations to. To those boys, they'll be back. They have a bunch of young talent, but also, more importantly, congratulations to Scott Anderson because he's been in the state tournament a whole bunch and uh, had fallen short many times, gotten bounced in the semis a whole bunch of times. And so to get it done, I'm sure very vindicating for him. My number one story I loved from uh, basketball from around the state of Montana this last season, Raekwon Battle. I think sports are at their best when people are doing it for something that is bigger than them, that means something to a, a group of people. That's why we love when there's these breakthrough moments or these historic moments or you know, people get to sigh a relief because they got whatever proverbial monkey off their backs. Raekwon Battle, as somebody that's the first person ever from his Indian reservation in western Washington to come off the res and get a D1 scholarship... And also uh, to be the only Native American man in this last NCAA tournament, but then to also be doing it in Montana, where there's such a significant uh, Native American population and seven different Indian reservations here, he became an instant hero to so many people in Montana because of his background and because of how he plays. And to be able to do that and not only be able to acknowledge it and accept it, but to also embrace it and flourish because of it, it's amazing. And I thought it was awesome to see. I thought it was great that the broadcast team there on CBS highlighted it. And, uh, you know, I've talked extensively with Raekwon Battle about it. If you want to read the story, you can check it out, SkylineSportsMT.com. But it wasn't just, you know, him doing it on a token level. He was definitely one of the best players on the court on Friday night. 
He scored 26 points, the highest total in the game in Montana State's 77-65 loss to Kansas State. Uh, just a brief comment from uh, Raekwon Battle, Andrew Houghton, ask, asking the question at the postgame press conference uh, just about his performance on Friday night. Guys, Andrew Houghton, Skyline Sports, uh, Raekwon, 26 points tonight. Did you come out looking to attack at all, or what was your mindset coming into it? <clears throat> I mean, as a player, that's who I am. You know, I, I love to attack the defense, um, making sure I'll, you know, you know, find the open gaps and making make sure I can get to the hoop and find the open three. But initially, no, you know, I, I always, you know, trust what our game plan is from the coaches and, you know, and go from there and, and I'll take what they give me and sometimes I'll have to create for myself. But, you know, yeah, that's where my mind's at. About 9.45 p.m. on a uh, Friday night, St. Patrick's Day, sitting at my brother's house. We're streaming the press conference. We hear Andrew. We start going crazy. We're loving it that he's talking uh, on the on the presser. We're rooting him on. Uh, but it was, it was a good press conference. We'll share more of it here uh, on the Montana Basketball Hour. But Raekwon Battle and uh, his representation of something so much bigger than himself, uh, my number one storyline from the basketball season this last year uh, here in the state of Montana. Nuana's now... Montana Basketball Hour is presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how they can help you and your small business. We'll give you three big things about the cat loss, and we'll also play some more sound from that postgame press conference. Keep it right here. The one is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Of all the funny songs that they play at the Big Sky Tournament, and I was tweeting about this because it was just hilarious. Sometimes at those events, they like pick a playlist of like 18 songs, and then they play them over and over again because they don't understand that it's mostly the same people that are in the stadium. Like, there's some people that just come to one game, the team that they came, but most of the people they, they came to watch, most of the people in the stadium are, are there to watch basketball just like all day, every day. So when they play all the same songs, it's so annoying. But they had a really good DJ this year, played all sorts of good stuff. But that was one of the funnier ones. Well, Pantera, circa like 1992, when like most of the athletes playing in these games were, were like negative 12 years old. <laughs> well, welcome back to Wannes Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's the uh, Montana Basketball Hour. By the way, we're not on SWX today because the Grizz softball team is. Their home debut uh, against Carroll College. 
So as soon as they show me the scoreboard here again, they're just coming back from commercial break. I'll give you an update on what's going on there with the Grizz softball team. Uh, but Andrew Houghton back from the NCAA tournament. We'll have uh, some feedback from him, what he saw Friday night here in just a minute, and uh, a more elongated conversation about all of what he watched there in Greensboro. Uh, Bobcats, Wildcats, or otherwise. Uh, we'll have that in uh, the second hour as well. Here's three big things about Montana State's 77-65 loss to Kansas State. First of all, uh, Rajib Seabrook and I had a great conversation on Friday about what has been some of the reasons that NCAA tournament success has eluded the big sky at such a high level. You know, why are, why are there Fairleigh Dickinson upsets happening every year? Princeton happening every year. And the big sky is nowhere close. And when the big sky has been competitive, and they have, there's been a couple times uh, in the last 16 years since that last tournament win in 2006 that the big sky has been competitive. But why is that? And one of the things we identified was that the league doesn't necessarily have a defined identity. There's several different styles that are played in the league. There's the, the physical defensive-oriented style like Montana and Weber State like to prioritize. Then there's the more finesse shooting, spread them out style like Eastern Washington and uh, Northern Colorado. And when North Dakota was in the league, North Dakota liked to play. And then there's the... Uh, sort of the mix of defensive mindset and also just superior athleticism that both Montana State and Southern Utah have used to good success in recent years. Southern Utah obviously has moved on from the league as well. Um, I thought the Cats, though, showed decent physicality and good athleticism against Kansas State uh, on Friday night. But I thought that there was just a couple guys on the court that you just can't hang with and I thought if you're Montana State, you certainly got some vindication on Sunday because Kentucky couldn't guard Marquise Noel either. You know, Keontae Johnson looked like the best athlete on the court against Kentucky too. Uh, so there was a little bit of solace there. Here's Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach, his instant reaction following his team's 77-65 loss to Kansas State Friday night, Greensboro, North Carolina. First off, really proud of our team, you know, not only for this game, but the, the season that they had. Uh, the adversity kind of they fought through all year and continued to compete. It was kind of a tail. Our season was kind of entailed in this game, you know, to me. You know, we just we kept battling back and battling back and battling back. We just we couldn't get over that hump tonight. Um, I thought we had some some decent looks uh, from three. Um, but I thought, you know, give them credit. They they guarded us, you know, and their length and athleticism caused us some problems a little bit, you know, getting the ball reversed. But, you know, I thought at times we had some, we had some looks that anytime you're going to upset a team, you know, you, you, have to, you have to make clean threes, you know, and you can't miss free throws at the rate that we did. You know, it was kind of uncharacteristic us going 9 for 17. We're usually a pretty good free throw shooting team. But, you know, and then like we talked about, you know, even pregame, you know, you can't turn the ball over 16 times against a team like that. Uh, but, you know, proud of our guys and the effort they showed. And for us to still have it, you know, basically a three-possession game with under five minutes to go, you know, playing as poorly as we did, you know, is a testament to our guys and, and you know, fighting, continuing to fight and, and fight and claw back. Um, but, you know, Kansas State had a lot to deal with us playing bad, too. I mean, those are the things that stand out on the box score. Danny Sprinkle, Montana State men's basketball coach, an instant reaction after uh, his team's NCAA tournament loss Friday night to Kansas State. As Sprinkle said, you can't turn the ball over 16 times if you want to spring an upset. You also got to knock down open threes. Cats were only 6 of 21 from beyond the three-point line. 
And also one of Montana State's systematic and defined advantages this year was their ability to frequently get to the free throw line and get more free throws and make more free throws than their opponents. Well, they got to the free throw line 17 times. Uh, They did shoot more free throws in Kansas State. They just went 9 of 17 from the free throw line, and they had been a good good to really good uh, free throw shooting team. Jabril Bellow, just one of four from the free throw line. Raquan Battle missed a free throw as well. Robert Ford missed a free throw. Usually those guys are, are such good free throw shooters. So um, I thought that was the tail of the tape. The 16 turnovers, 6 of 21 from three on the Montana State side, uh, and 9 of 17 from the free throw line. On the Kansas State side, I thought it was just the All-Americans. I mean, Keontae Johnson, 18 points, 8 rebounds, and he just looked like the man. I mean, he just looked like the alpha dog on the court for the whole game. And he was on the court for the whole game. He played 39 minutes. And uh, he just looked, he just, I mean, that's why, that's what top 50 recruits look like, you know? I mean, that guy was the SEC preseason player of the year a couple years ago at Florida. I mean, he's one of the biggest transfers in the history of college basketball in terms of prestige of of player that probably could have gone to the NBA uh, going and playing an extra season at Kansas State. And Marquise Noel, I mean, he's fascinating to watch, man. He's he's a turnover waiting to happen, except for he's also a bucket waiting to happen, and he's also just dropping dimes relentlessly. Uh, he's one of the leading turnover guys in the entire country. He had 12 turnovers this last weekend, including five against the Cats and seven more against Kentucky. But he also had like 27 assists. Uh, he had 17 points and 14 assists alone against Montana State. Here's Danny Sprinkle commenting on those Kansas State studs. Coach TV with the Associated Press, uh, Noel. Um, and Johnson, 13 All-Americans, and I guess for a reason. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wonder if you could address, you know, how you felt like, you know, attacking those, how, how you guys, you know, kind of struggled with them. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the country has struggled with them. You know, I mean, Noel, I mean, he's just tremendous. He's so fast and quick. I mean, he's got some of the quickest hands that I've seen, like defensively, you know, even like loose ball rebounds. He comes up with everything. Uh, but I thought, you know, he, he really, he controlled the game like a good point guard does. And I thought Darius did the same, you know, but Noel, I thought he made, he made some huge threes. You know, that one three he hit, you know, kind of at the end of the clock, I mean, that had, it had to have been over 30 feet. I mean, it almost looked like he was past the hash mark. You know, and Keontae Johnson's, Tremendous. I mean, a big, thick body, but he 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 made all those mid-range shots, you know. And when he gets going, putting the ball on the floor, he's so strong and athletic that, I mean, he's we don't we don't see a lot of guys like that in our league. Well, there's just not a lot of guys. Like, I mean, most the the league that guys look like that in is called the NBA. <laughs> so yeah, there's not a lot of guys look like Keontae Johnson in uh, the uh, Big Sky, nor really anywhere. That's why he is one of the the top players in the country at third team All Americans. The Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we'll take a break and then we'll continue uh, with some of these sound bites from the post game press conference and also get a few thoughts from Andrew Houghton. Our uh, tournament takeover coverage continues here on the Montana Basketball Hour. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country and you have full access to our full manufacturing shop you can look in the case you don't have to start out designing something you can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience jewelry design center now open in missoula at 2501 brook street across from the montana club jewelry design center your jeweler for life one two three one is now 
ESPN Radio. Even funnier than Pantera at the Big Sky Tournament was not just Metallica, but like mid 1980s Speed Metallica. <laughs> Loved it. I'm just looking around. I'm like, is there anybody in this entire arena that knows what song this is? Maybe, maybe a couple kids in the pep band or something. Maybe there's a couple, you know, Gen X or dads in there or something, but uh, probably not a lot. Welcome back to On Is Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, but not today because Grizz Softball is on the tube. Uh, University of Montana hosting their their home opener against Carroll College, up three to one right now in the bottom of the fourth, but they're at the dish. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date. What's going on here with Grizz Softball? Um, I know our buddy Riley Corcoran is on the call. I just saw that on Twitter. So uh, if you're watching over there, uh, hopefully you're enjoying Riley. Riley will join us on our Big Sky Breakdown podcast later on this week to recap the Grizz basketball season. We'll also have a probably a Big Sky Breakdown episode recapping the Cats basketball season, which is what we're doing right now. Montana State, the last team out of Montana playing, and they lost 77-65 in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um I thought that my second big thing, though, is I do think the Cats took a step forward. I thought that even though this team won a game or two less than last year's team, I thought this team was better. I thought they they made the upgrades they needed talent-wise. You know, Darius Brown and Xavier Bishop are both very good players, but Darius Brown's a better tournament-style point guard, and he's able to stay on the floor uh, against Kansas State, where Xavier Bishop had a hard time staying on the floor against Texas Tech. I thought they they upgraded uh, on their front line defensively. Um, And Raekwon Battles taking another step was an upgrade as well. And Great Osabar taking another step uh, was was an upgrade as well. So I definitely thought, uh, you know, to go from a a close to 40-point loss to Texas Tech out of the Big 12 to a 12-point loss, I I thought it was growth for Montana State. Here is Danny Sprinkle and Raekwon Battle on the ways that this group did grow this year. Parker Cotton again with the Bozeman Daily Chronicle. For Danny and, and Raekwon, um, Darius addressed it a little bit. Obviously, you guys are healthier this year than last year. You're a little bit bigger bodied this year. But from one year to the next, one Big 12 team to the next, how can you evaluate what kind of progress has been made in the last year and how proud should your group be of that growth? Yeah, they should be extremely proud. You know, I mean, this team was the number six team in the country, you know, going into the Big 12 tournament, you know, playing in the best league in the country. You know, that's a team that, I mean, they've beaten some really good teams. You know, I believe they beat Kansas. I know they beat them once. But, I mean, they've, they've had an unbelievable season, and Coach Tang does a great job. Like, they, they fly around. They play hard, man. Like, they play the right way. They play winning basketball, and they grind you out. But, you know, really proud of our team. And like I said, you know, to still have it to be a three-possession game, whatever, down seven or eight with under five minutes to go, you know, shooting the basketball and turning it over the way we did was, you know, a testament to our guys. You want Darius or Raycon? Raycon? Uh, yeah, just judging by the two years, you know, last year and this year, it's been a big difference. You know, it's first, like the first five minutes is a big difference. You know, we were there, um, you know, we took the lead at one point and stuff like that. You know, I'm just super proud of my team and being able to flip the script from last year to this year. Hey, this is hey, this is Chris Idell from Herbert Radio in Baltimore. Uh, sorry for the loss tonight. Uh, what did you take from this experience uh, for this game tonight against Kansas State that going to probably help you for next year if you guys make it back here? Yeah, I think very similar to last year. You know, you see how physical and you see their bodies. And, you know, we got a, we got some young guys that are going to, you know, be coming back and, you know, even Raekwon and Darius. And we got we to gotta get in tip-top shape. You know, we got to put on some muscle mass. You know, and I thought we did that from last year to this year. 
which helps you when you're playing teams like Kansas State or Arizona. And, you know, for us to want to, you know, we want to eventually knock these teams off. And in order to do that, you have to be, you have to be physical. you got to be able to play physical for 40 minutes, not 30. And, uh, you know, and get multiple bodies thrown at you. Um, you could see, like, they, their physicality, they, they got us out of rhythm a little bit in the first half. We had some uncharacteristic turnovers uh, because, of their, because of their physicality and their length. And, uh, you know, it's something that we got to, you know, just continue. We'll learn even a lot from this film. Uh, but I think going forward, it gives our guys a lot of confidence, you know, playing Kansas State, one of the top teams in the country, you know, pretty much down to the wire. Any other questions here? <coughs> Back of the room. There you go, Danny Sprinkle, Raekwon Battle on some of the growth. Uh, Andrew, you were there live and in person. Um, that, to me, just watching the NCAA men's basketball tournament is one of the most striking and biggest differences to being there in person is seeing how big the the Power 5 teams really are. I mean, Danny Sprinkle mentioned it right there. They, they need to get bigger and stronger. Part of that comes from lifting and stuff like that, but also part of it is just the guys that you can recruit. I mean, there's this guys on Kansas State that just have natural gifts far superior to the guys we see in the big sky. Yeah, and it was most clear for me, Coulter, from the smallest guy on the court, right? Marquise Knoll, right. he's 5'8", he's but he was the best player in Greensboro all weekend. I don't know if they do like players of the regional. Sure. But he certainly would have won that if that was a thing. Well, he's tiny, Coulter. He's one of the fastest point guards I've ever seen. He's also even at 160 pounds. Just built, you know, his shoulders. He's, are, he's, yeah. he's got rocks in his shoulders, you know? Um, and, and that's just the kind of thing where it's like, man, you can try and you can try. And I, he actually has an interesting background as well, sort of like Darius Brown. He was a transfer into Kansas State last year. Uh, but it's just tough for Montana State to get guys like that. And I say that thinking that Darius Brown the second played really well in that right. game as well. Yeah, I mean, I thought watching it, Raekwon Battle was one of the best players on the floor. Great Osobar is a high-level talent, and and he certainly belonged on the floor. Darius Brown, um, although not as quick and fast as Marquise Noel, he, he certainly— He didn't win his matchup, but he, he, he didn't he, get played off the floor. No, he was he was good. I mean, he had 12 points, 9 assists, and, and he was good. Um, I thought Jabril Bello struggled in this game, but Bello also uh, is sort of the centerpiece of all of this, despite the fact that he struggled in both the NCAA tournament games. Uh, he was the first one. I mean, he— he was a holdover after committing to Brian Fish and then sticking it out because Chris Haslam, the, the head assistant, was retained. They have their connections going back to the to uh, to Great Britain from the uh, the UK national team, and uh, yeah, Bello did struggle in this game. Five points. Uh, he was just one of four from the free throw line. Uh, he was in foul trouble for a good amount of the game, and he only played twenty six minutes. Yet he really set the table uh, for Montana State to get to this point. And also maybe open the door for his successor, Great Osobar, to really take it to the other, to the next level. Here's some thoughts on Bello and Osobar uh, to wind down the Montana Basketball Hour here on Nuanas Now. Ashley Washburn, MTN Sports. This is for everyone. Obviously, this was Jabro Bello's last game in a Bobcat uniform. I know, Sprinkle, you talked to him for a couple seconds once he walked off the court. Could you just talk about maybe what you spoke with him about and just you know his impact that he left on this program? Yeah, I mean, you're, I see you're trying to make me cry already, but he's he's been the cornerstone of our program. You know, I mean, you've known him like he's a he is an exceptional kid, just a person. You know, he's impacted our program. I mean, he's all over the record books, you know, back-to-back champion, you know, but that goes nowhere near like the person he is and the impact that he's had on me, on all of our, our whole program. 
uh, in the weight room, all of our young guys coming in. You know, he helps really, you know, create that culture, you know, that mindset that we have of getting through tough times and adversity. Because if you know his story, that's all he's done all his life is get through adversity. You know, tons of injuries. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot more that, you know, he could probably tell you, but it's, I mean, it's unbelievable just the person he is. And it's, it's going to be really hard to coach, you know, a game without him. You know, he's been there since day one with me. And, uh, you know, eventually guys move on, uh, which, which is sad. But it's, I'm excited for his next stage in life, too, as a professional. And then, you know, whatever he decides to do, you know, in the workplace, he's going to be a tremendous success. Raekwon? Um, Jabril is like my best friend, honestly, on the team. And having him... Or just play my last game with them, you know it hurts. And, um, you know these past two years, a lot has happened. And me coming in from the last goal was that you know you you look for that comfort through those teammates. And Jabril was the main one who I was able to look to when I had questions. And he was like I would you know sometimes I would get really frustrated, and he would like run over to me and you know calm me down. And he would have to grab me like you know really grab me to calm me down. And you know without him I wouldn't be the person I am, you know, now after these end of the two years. So it's, you know, I love him, you know, to death and I'm going to miss playing with him. Darius. Um, I've learned a lot from JB from just this one year and he's helped me a lot and he's helped me, um, he's helped me transition to, to being a leader on this team. Um, I remember there was a practice that we had early in the season and I thought we had a good practice and I remember, like, I was like, oh, like, we're going to be all right. And he's like, nah, this is not championship basketball we're playing. We do not look good right now. And that's just, like, the type of guy that JB is. And he held a, he held a standard. He wanted everybody else to hold a standard. And he showed me what it was like to, to you know, be a champion. You know, he's fresh off, the, you know, winning the championship last year. And, you know, I, did, I'm not, I wasn't a champion until this year. So, you know, just talking to him about what it takes to be a champion and stuff like that, I've learned a lot from him. And... And I hope to bring a lot of the stuff that, that he bring this year to the team next year. So, Last question, back left aisle. Awesome part with uh, SWX Montana. Kind of a follow-up to that question. How good does it feel? You know, what can you say about great kind of stepping into that role? Uh, being so young, solid game tonight, you know, 12 points, very efficient, five for six from the floor. So, you know, how, how big is it for the program to have somebody like great to step into a role that JB had? Yeah, it, it'll be great. You know, and, and then now he's got to take that next step. You know, he's got to take that next step like Jabril, and he's got to continue to be that leader. He's got to hold himself to that standard that he played at tonight, every night, in practice, in the weight room. You know, all the little things that entail a great player, that going to be a great player, like, you know, he has it in him. You know, he's got to continue to develop his habits, um, but really excited about, you know, his future, and, you know, he, he's continued to get better. You know, he's a lot better than he was last year. His body's changed in the weight room. And I think after another six months of really taking it serious, you know, he has a chance to be as good as he wants to be. We will discuss just how good great Osabar could be and just how good Montana State could be if everybody comes back. That's the eternal question, though. Will they? It all depends on one centerpiece character. More NCAA tournament talk, more rounding out basketball season talk, plus an analysis from a money perspective on the Sweet 16. That's all coming at you in hour number two. This has been the Montana Basketball Hour.
presented by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications for all their support. Blackfoot has been serving Montana homes for more than six decades, providing communities with new and better ways to communicate in and connect to an ever-changing world. With their expanding high-capacity fiber network and innovative voice solutions, Blackfoot's customers have access to the latest technologies backed by 24-7 technical support. To learn more about how Blackfoot can provide the right services for your business, visit goblackfoot.com. Andrew Houghton, thoughts on Greensboro, North Carolina, plus... What is the centerpiece keeping it all together at Montana State? Will they bring everybody back for yet another tournament run? We shall see. Our number two, Nuana's now coming at you. Keep it right here. TSPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 